23 minutes it is before 9 p.m. An inspiring story there from Umshengu Sisla Shabalala from Quirky. And we move, I guess, from inspirational to really contemplative and reflective as we place under the microscope. Uh, issue of leadership in uh, times of uh, crisis. Now, one of the leading hashtags on social media today has been hashtag Dear Mr. President. As South Africans have been calling for the president to address the nation on some of the things that have been happening, you would have heard on the Metro FM talk yesterday. Uh, we played back some of the clips uh, uh, that uh, uh, of uh, what was happening. I guess uh, not only in uh, relation to some of the um, killings and the gender-based violence that we saw, including that merciless killing there of Oyinen and Mkhwetiana, and uh, also uh, some of the uh, looting of uh, the shops of uh, African migrants in uh, the inner city of Johannesburg and in places like Tembisa as well, and in the capital in Tswane. And the big question we're asking ourselves now is, uh, you know, uh, in the context of also the World Economic Forum, which uh, certainly brings me here to Cape Town, uh, you know, are we fiddling while Rome burns? And uh, if so, uh, what is the kind of leadership that is needed? What, what are some of the kind of decisive actions and the urgent actions that are needed uh, on the part of those who have, have been entrusted to lead uh, to try and navigate us out of this uh, morass that we find ourselves in? And uh, helping me to, I guess, to think about some of these issues and for us to have this conversation, I'm joined by lecturer and researcher at the Nelson Mandela University, and that is uh, Ongama Mtimga. Ongama, good evening to you, Gunjani. Good evening, uh, uh, yes, and good evening to your listeners. How are you? Hey, man, this is Twele Zong, and uh, you know, uh, but uh, we'll certainly continue, my brother. There's no other way. Uh, yeah. Ongama, I, I want us maybe to start here and, uh, you know, discuss some of these issues in turn. And um, we had quite an extensive conversation in this segment yesterday about uh, some of the issues around gender-based violence. We spoke to Professor Pumla Kola and uh, we also spoke uh, to the national organizer, Ulolo, at uh, the uh, shutdown. And uh, I guess, you know, I want us maybe to start with uh, some of the issues around uh, the immigrant community here in uh, uh South Africa, we, we heard the issue around the truck drivers, uh, many of them blocking the streets right up until deep into uh, yesterday evening. And we've already seen the response coming from some of our southern uh, African counterparts. Uh, the Zambians cancelling the uh, friendly match there between Bafana Bafana expected to happen. Also issuing a uh, cautionary to their people to say, uh, if you're a truck driver, don't travel to South Africa. And we also heard the cross-border uh, trucking association in Zimbabwe saying, up is Zimbabwe, that's coming from South Africa. Uh, as a nation like South Africa and the role that we play in continental affairs, in the unity and unifying our continent, uh, this must certainly be a sad day for us, uh, least of all for a country, one that uh, I guess uh, achieved independence last, um, and uh, also uh, the country that was carried for many a year by the frontline states on the continent who had a vested interest in ensuring that we resolve our crisis here in South Africa. And uh, it certainly is a day where we hang our heads in shame. Yeah. So I, uh, here's the, at the crux of what is appearing to be a xenophobic problem in South Africa is, in fact, an inherent trait of the capitalist system. Its tendency to pity the working class against one another, um, because one of the key drivers here is that if you observe a number of sectors, especially fast-moving consumer goods, as well as retail and service-oriented economic sectors, you will find that there's been a greater, over time, proliferation of foreign, uh, and and I'm sorry to use that word, uh, for lack of a better word, 
foreign nationals that have get gotten into retail, hospitality sector, as well as the truck driving sector. There's nothing wrong with that per se. But here are the terms in which uh, foreign workers are coming into those sectors. It's highly exploitative, uh, cheap labor uh, uh, practices, where you find that the preference for the, 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 the incoming workers is that they are more likely to accept lower wages and, 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 and poor working conditions compared to their local counterparts. And by the way, if you follow the story of labor patterns and, 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 and how South African capital has always been exploiting and, and treating differently, you will realize in the 1970s, from, the, from around about the 1960s, what South African capital started to do was to accept black labor unions because at the time, it was not because of the nobility of the act, mm. but because it helped to, to, to negate the power of the white working class, which had gotten, which, which, whose, 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 whose wages had increased so much that the capitalist class um, was, was feeling the pressure. So they accepted black unions, uh, not for the nobility of the cause. So I'm, I'm using this analysis to say, uh, indeed, the reaction is going to be this way because people mm. are expressing anger at the most, the, the most uh, at the enemy which they are likely in the tools of analysis that they have uh, going to blame first, mm. and for them it is the person who competes for the same jobs. But at issue here and on trial should be South African uh, uh, capitalism's propensity to want sure. to exploit and 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 pity workers against the other mm. because yeah i, I think it's well, Gama, i mean I, I and and i like how i guess you you've sort of unpacked that particular dimension because you know uh, i often say many of us call for you know the unity of the of the entire continent and the free movement of goods and services but sometimes uh, 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 the, the impulse or the rationale behind that call is different from uh, many of i guess the capitalists making a similar call because for them it's really about saying can you ensure the free movement of people so you can repress wages to the lowest levels um and uh, you know achieve whatever outcome that you want that is in your interest but let's shift away slightly from that and maybe take a look at some of the i guess industrial uh, policy implications of this. We've seen many of these traders, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess blamed by many South Africans for, for not paying taxes, not banking, and in mm. some instances, even sourcing many of their inputs from outside. I mean, we saw a video uh, or some footage yet last night of a lady, uh, Abri, in one of the major taxi ranks in Johannesburg. She, she was selling, you know, Nigerian cuisine there. And she, and she said, you know, quite, quite matter of factly that, uh, you know, she, she gets the stuff in coming in from Lagos. Um, and the big question is, you know, has our regulation been able to to respond accordingly here to create the necessary incentives, both carrot and stick, to say, look, f- fine, we think you can come into the country, you can operate, you're well within your rights to do so, but surely there must be some implication uh, by way of local content where you are sourcing some of your materials, mm. so that uh, it doesn't become a situation where you're buying your your inputs, you're selling here in South Africa, and then you're also repatriating some of the profits. Yeah. So, but but the same argument can be made about foreign co- South African corporations in the rest of the continent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, you, see, you see, and also, I mean, if you look at the automotive sector, for example, they have had a, a supplier relation where they're using South Africa as an assembly uh, uh, country. 
but they keep particular supply chain networks uh, controlled by companies that come from Germany. So, so we, that's, a, that's our problem across uh, the first, second, and the third economy. Uh, so, so, so for me, we, 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 there's a, where now this is our response and attitude borders on xenophobia, or in fact, Afrophobia, is we do not respond in the same uh, uh, might when it comes to those who are playing in the formal uh, uh, economy, which mm. then suggests that our attitude is in fact racial and, 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 and is filled with African self-hate. Uh, mm. Indeed, we must. Indeed, people are going to respond because the businesses which uh, the foreign nationals uh, enter into are those that have been traditionally been the survivalist enterprises where pe- where where ordinary people play. Yes, we must bring in some regulations there. Yes, we must bring in some controls. But in by the same token, we should accept that our at a, at a mainstream level, our trade relations with the rest of the continent are in fact unequal to the favor of our country and not the other way around. Mm. I mean, if you look at a, a, the proliferation of South African businesses in the southern, in, in, in the Afri- African continent, all the way to Nigeria, it's huge. And South Africa is a big player. I mean, if you look at Tito's document now, it shows that we're exporting about 40% of our fast-moving consumer goods to the rest of the continent. So we, we mustn't be hypocritical and assume the American uh, uh, tendency of uh, uh, a, a, a rich big brother who doesn't acknowledge their own privilege in relation to the rest of the continent, but are quick to cry foul when some of the competitive traits uh, are in the realm that perhaps is, is, is not what we would desire. But the, 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 the bottom line is that there does need to be regulation, there does need to be leveling of the playing field, but also our education system does need to produce competitive survivalist enterprises. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like the point that you're making because, you know, on the one hand, there, there's this big sort of monolithic idea. Uh, that uh, you know, many of these guys are coming in to compete in the low end of the retail marketplace sure. Uh, sure. without us also considering. And maybe it's a you know, it's sometimes ignorance to, to to some of the facts. And I and I don't say that in any disparaging way, but I think sometimes we're probably not familiar with the the forays that many South African firms have been making into the continent. I mean, if you take a look at some of our big retailers, the likes of Shoprite, uh, we've yeah. heard uh, in the last hour or so that. Um, one of the biggest shop rights, at least of all in the West African region, that's there in Leki, uh, in Nigeria, in Lagos, uh, has, uh, I guess, uh, been attacked and vandalized this evening. And uh, if you look at some of the sales that that particular store was able to drive mm. relative to even, you know, ShopRite's entire offering on the continent, then you understand how big the Nigerian market is. But if you also take uh, Mr. Price, for instance, and uh, uh, certainly one of the dominant players and many other South African players in a place like Zambia, for instance, where even the malls are built by South Africans, the, the, the store are South African stores, uh, you know, the food people eat there comes from the likes of ShopRite and many others who have made a foray into that marketplace. Um, you know, are, are we trying, I guess, here to speak out of both sides of our mouths when we say we don't want these guys and yet we're the first ones to encourage many of our own corporations here to go out and seek out opportunity on the continent and repatriate some of that money back? I mean, think about MTN. Yeah. They took money out of Nigeria yeah. and that was the big issue that was, uh, I guess, attracting the fine that they received. Indeed, it's, and, and I, uh, we, this is one thing we must accept. 
South, the South African market is very small, about 55, mm. 58 million people now. We are nothing without Africa. Uh, when you look at the subcontinent, there's a lot, I think about uh, the last time I checked, about 400 million uh, people that we have access to uh, just in the subcontinent alone. So, 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 so we do need to, 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 to open ourselves to the reality that we're not big brother per se. There's a mutual, uh, rela- there's a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship. You, you, you mentioned leadership earlier on. There's something which uh, I think French uh, philosopher Althusser uh, called the ideological state apparatus, mm. which refers to the, the instruments that influence the hearts and minds of people. So if you look at how uh, the, the, the tendency to report in South Africa, we continue to reinforce stereotypes about the Nigerian drug lord and the 419 scammer. Uh, and 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 the, Zambu- the Zimbabwean uh, refugee and the Somali uh, tradesman uh, uh, exporting huge amounts of money, repatriating capital out of South. You know, so we stereotype. I think that media, the education, uh, the faith-based, as well as family, have got a strong and a huge role to play in in ensuring that we rear people with disposition is more mutually respecting. And by the way, our culture, uh, if you look at the Corsa proverbiology is, and, and, and the values of Ubuntu, it, it doesn't... It, 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 what, what we're doing now is, 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 is contrary to the, to mm. the values uh, of our culture. Um, I, I mean, if you look at what people like Jeff Perez say, I'm a Corsa in particular uh, in his book because he writes about the House of Palm. Had, mm. have, had never had an exclusive position or ex- an exclusionary disposition when it comes to citizenship. As mm. long as we are able to pay homage and, 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 and uh, to the, whoever, the chief of whatever village you went in, yes. was an open approach in terms of acceptance of people uh, who, who, who come from and uh, not among the, 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 the area in which they would be settling. That is why... Uh, even colonialism became easy was because it, uh, allocating land was uh, citizenship was never an exclusionary idea. So mm. we now have to call on on the on the cultural heritage that we have, as well, well as I'm, the moral heritage. Ju- to, just on that point, to, I mean, these exclusionary sure. notions and understandings of who is a citizen and by extension who is not a citizen. Uh, I often say that, you know, and I find this very unsettling, that, you know, the borders that we speak about um, are, are in the world, in the history of the world, are, are very recent phenomena. I mean, you know, these are things that came in right now in the 19th century and even later in the context of South Africa. I mean, even the notion yeah. of South Africa as a nation state is not, uh, is probably something that is just a century old. I mean, in 1910, I think, somewhere. Yeah. There. Now, yeah. You know, if you have that kind of, of, of concept, and in many instances, it, it, it's an indication of our ideational failure. We, we failed in the realm of ideas as a society yeah. to be able to create this idea that says, you know, don't defend these borders uh, with your life. Because in the first instance, these borders were drawn with a pencil by people who don't look like you in Berlin at a certain conference and, and, and maybe even at uh, the Treaty of Verenigung in 1910. Yeah. Some of these borders, yeah. you know, uh, uh, are not our, of our own making, and yet we defend them with our lives. We say, you know, you are not entitled to X and Y because you are not 
by accident of birth born in this country. How, how do we create a different discourse, uh, um, certainly for us in the media who are entrusted every single day to speak to our people uh, and do so in a way that, that is able, I guess, to, to pump holes in that fallacy that says, look, you know, my understanding of being a South African is an exclusionary idea um, uh, outside of saying anybody who is a Zimbabwean or a Zambian or a Mozambican mm. uh, has no right to be able to claim uh, what I can maybe call illifaletu as South Africans. Yeah, among other things, I think at a, a, a media production level, there does need to be a return of critical thought and critical media production where things like choices of words. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been following uh, the, the competences that the media have been focusing on now. But, you, you know, many years ago, uh, when I was a journalism student, there was a, a strong focus on the power of choices of words. Uh, when you say somebody is a terrorist compared to, you say, a freedom fighter, that has mm. a, 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 a huge implication. So, so, so I think it calls on the media to not casually refer to people's nationalities where it has no relevance whatsoever. Because the continued reference to a, 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 a person who was arrested is a Nigerian entrenches the stereotypes that Nigerians in the, in the, in the, outside of Nigeria are pushing drugs. And it may be that, in fact, the majority are contributing meaningfully to the South African economy. Or, but, but the reference to nationality at times when it is not, it is, it doesn't add to the story except to serve particular stereotypes. Uh, it, 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 it defeats the purpose. But also at a societal level, you know, I think it's Nietzsche who, 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 who predicted this, that a society uh, that uh, it kills the, the role of the deity suddenly finds itself with its moral values contested. Because mm. if there's no deity that, over, that presides over uh, uh, the, the compliance or net thereof to values, then everybody is for themselves. And there's no, there's no, we, 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 do, we, we are in disagreement about the values. And as such, chaos is, 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 is bound to unfold. So it may not be deity, it may be culture that actually entrenches a particular uh, value system. But we are in a liberal, liberal democratic uh, space where uh, individual rights and individual freedoms come a sense of uh, 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 civility that's there, the need to 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 to, to respect uh, social norms, you know. So, so I think we 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 are facing a multifaceted crisis, which shows itself in collapse of moral values, uh, uh, neglect of culture. I mean, I, I may be sounding conservative and, and anti-liberal, but mm. but I think I think there's a there's a need for a pushback for the role of. Society and 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 and, and its values. Yeah, if, if that has a tendency to be tyrannical. Mm, mm. Just for for our political class here, because you know, I, I argued yesterday that you know the kind of criminal element that we see here is able to to undertake this kind of criminal behavior, the looting and all manner of other uh, things. Uh, because of the kind of political cover they get from the rhetoric of many mm. political leaders, uh, right through from Herman Mashaba through to, you know, Abanda Bafano Bong, Anim Kong, and even, I guess, mm. something that's emerging now, which I've always said is probably the most un-ANC un thing, uh, which is mm. this conception of an ANC that is 
very insular in its approach, uh, least of all when it comes to immigration policy and the question of how you tackle uh, this notion of immigration. I must say that, you know, in the May election, some of the things that were coming out of the, that campaign, uh, for me, were quite startling for an, for an organization that since its founding has always had a much broader conception of, of the liberation project beyond just the boundaries of what mm. we now know to be South Africa. Uh, uh, what, what responsibility and accountability ought some of our political leaders to take for some of their utterances, which, uh, of course, I'm not saying people are stupid and they translate that literally or whatever or anything of that kind, but it does create the kind of environment where some of this thing is seen as uh, not only maybe acceptable, but is seen as, you know, I can do it and uh, potentially might not be able to uh, have any punitive measures leveled against me if I do. Yeah, uh, my feeling is that, among other things, there's... The, 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 the inward focus um, is, in, it, for me, is largely specific to a particular generation. I know that I've taken a lot of flack for these ideas uh, that, 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 that appear to be ageist. But as far as I'm concerned, on the issue, for example, of an inwardly looking party uh, that's failing to provide leadership, here is my issue, uh, Aya. Every, gener- every historical moment produces the leaders that are necessary and have a strategic fit for that historical moment. The moment you transpose or you move people whose relevance was from one epoch into the one where they are no longer relevant, what you find is that precisely because they fail, whether it's through the tools of analysis or the zeal that is necessary to respond to the pressing matters of the day. Uh, you are bound to have a very destructive political uh, discourse or, mm. or approach which is not focused on the things which a particular historical moment is dictating. Hmm. Unfortunately, we have run out of time and uh, it's certainly not one we're going to be able to resolve here. But maybe before I let you go, uh, just some of your views on what you make about the response of uh, uh, some of the uh, other nations here, the Zambian and uh, the Nigerian response in particular. I was very happy with the Zambian uh, cancellation. Uh, of, we, 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 it, it gets us off the, the pride that we have in relation to Yeah, and this pedestal we have. Mm. Yeah, we, we, we have to recognize there's a mutually valuable uh, need to show a, a, a courteous and a truly Africanist agenda in terms of our approach to citizenship and welcoming foreign nationals. And we must remember, we, we were in the same position uh, not so long ago. So mm. uh, I hope that we are able, as, as a generation now, that should actually be assuming leadership in various platforms to, to come with an approach that draws on our pre-colonial uh, uh, cultural heritage and, and, and also some of the tra- traits we've assimilated, which are good, uh, mm. in order to respond to the African question. Otherwise, I'm very happy. Obviously, I wouldn't be happy with violence elsewhere. You know, we, we still need our corporations to survive. But the stance of the Zambian National uh, for, uh, 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 Football Association is absolutely perfect uh, as far as I'm concerned. It's exactly what we need in order uh, to to rise up and do something that is uh, that will be seen to be meaningful uh, by our African counterparts. 
Let's leave it there. Always a pleasure catching up with you. That there is a lecturer at the Nelson Mandela University, uh, Ongamam Timka, speaking to us uh, this evening. He's also a researcher there at uh, NMU, speaking to us this evening here about the kind of leadership that we need. And uh, certainly some interesting uh, insights there. And uh, may that conversation long continue. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, do send through some of those tweets there on uh, at A White Tower. That's where we're going to have to fold it for this evening. And as I said, we're back with you again at the same time. Uh, tomorrow evening between half past seven and nine p.m. I'm going to leave you with the capable uh, sounds and hands of uh, the man with the music. Uh, Saint is going to be with you from nine to midnight. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Aska kribi ukuye banga leikonomi.